Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Justin Robert Young program. My name is Justin Robert Young. So excited to be with you. Very, uh, very, very happy to be here. Man, you want to know what? I'm pumped. I am excited. I didn't realize how excited I was going to be. I got excited today. Today, I got excited because something happened while I was looking at my Twitter this morning. It's... Quentin Tarantino press tour week. Now, it might say something about the dimming star of Quentin Tarantino from his peak that now we only get a week. I remember a time when when really the season never ended and maybe two movies ago, uh, we got maybe two weeks worth of people interviewing Quentin Tarantino. But here's what I love the most about Quentin Tarantino press week. Mm, I just thought of another reason why he might not just give as many interviews. Anyway, the reason why I love Quentin Tarantino Press Week is that Quentin Tarantino, by all accounts, as somebody who has read a lot of Quentin Tarantino interviews, is a fairly exceptional interview in that he will answer, A, he likes talking, and B, he likes talking about himself a lot. And he understands that there is a way that he can always get in the news, especially now that we are in our sequel and reboot crazy culture. He can just talk about things he either would or will do with movies he's made. Because Quentin Tarantino will talk about anything. Hey, if you were ever going to do a Pulp Fiction 2, what would it be? And he will answer like, well, you know, I mean, I, I just, I just kind of think that like the thing about Pulp Fiction, okay, the thing about it is it's in L.A. So you could do anything in L.A. What if there's a butcher and, and, and next thing you know, he's on heroin and then, and then maybe we see uh, Jules and then Jules is coming up and it's like next thing you know, that's the headline. Pulp Fiction 2 to be about a butcher and Jules and something. He's done this with Kill Bill. He's done this with Inglorious Bastards. He actually did wind up writing a sequel to Django Unchained and wound up deciding to make it Hateful Eight. The, the, the Sam Jackson bounty hunter character was supposed to be Django, and this was supposed to be another, either not a sequel, but just another kind of story about Django. Now a professional bounty hunter. Spoilers for Django Unchained, but, you know, the good guys win. 
But I saw this today, and this is like another sign that we're kind of in reruns on this, because I remember reading about uh, uh, this story like back in the 90s that Tarantino wanted to do a prequel slash crossover of the Brothers Vega. That would be Michael Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs, the one that what cuts off the year, and... Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction, right? So they're allegedly brothers and they were going to come together and go on some kind of adventure in Amsterdam or something like that. And so now Quentin Tarantino is talking about it because, again, Quentin Tarantino talks about anything. You know, the other thing about Tarantino is that he's talked about how he's been secretly writing movie reviews for like years decades probably he like really enjoys writing film criticism but he has said that he never wants to release it while he's making movies that he wants because like he feels that that's kind of like shooting inside uh, the 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 cabin, right? Like he's a circular firing squad. If directors start shitting on directors, then that's bad. But if he were no longer making movies, if he were out the game, then he would release them or publish them. And I, I, I'm pretty sure he has said that he literally has like hundreds of these. If I ever talked to Quentin Tarantino, that would be the number one thing I would ask. It's like, A, the the fact that you've been writing uh, 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 film criticism for decades, how many do you have? And for God's sake, can you just put them out? Because he has said he only has one more movie in him. You know, he, he wants to do the Fellini. I think this is the eighth film of Quentin Tarantino. He wants to do the, uh, uh, you know, F- Fellini route. And, and he's like very particular about how he wants his directorial uh, catalog to be understandable, I think was his word, or comprehensible, that there was movie, 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 you kind of got it, some were good, some were bad, and that was that. But after this one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is his first contemporary movie, I guess since Death Proof, but Death Proof is is also a genre thing. This is kind of more in the vein of Pulp Fiction, although it's not contemporary. Sorry, I'm taking that back. No, it's about the Manson era. So it is another period piece, but it is just a bunch of snappy dudes and chicks hanging out in L.A., which kind of used to be the Tarantino thing. And then he just wound up taking all the dudes and chicks that live in L.A. and wound up putting them in like, Nazi Germany and, you know, Japan and everywhere else. But I guess it's like Jackie Brown. Tonally, it feels like Jackie Brown. It feels like kind of a a caper that is going to involve some Hollywood stuff. I'm pumped. I'm really, really, really excited. Uh, uh, I love Tarantino. He is just one of those directors that I always got to get out there. And uh, uh, see his movie. I don't know if I have another director like that. You know, at times, various people have kind of filled that role. I mean, if you do one good movie, then I'll be really excited to see your next good movie. 
But in general, like that's, he's the goat. He's the goat for me. Because once when I was 13, my mom rented me Pulp Fiction and I never was the same person. So take that for what you will. Here's some news. You guys know I love it. I love it when it gets a little messy. And boy, howdy, has it gotten a little messy. Folks, there was a trailer out for the new Mr. Rogers movie. It's uh, called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It is about an interview that a reporter did with Mr. Rogers. It stars Tom Hanks. It looks like... A, a good movie, you know, I mean, uh, it's one of those things. It's such a feel good that and it's Tom Hanks that like he'll almost certainly get in the Oscar conversation. And it'll be one of those movies that like film fans will be like, this is cloying bullshit. Why is Tom Hanks going to be there? Because he's just doing a thing. He's just acting like Tom Hanks. Fuck the Oscars. Everybody should in midsummer should win the best. All the awards. But there was one fun story that came in the aftermath of it, and it was from Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin. I don't know where you would immediately remember Ellen Barkin from, but she's an actress. Literally, if you just Google Ellen Barkin right now, and you you would know who she was. Ellen Barkin writes on Twitter. Tell you what, she was barking. She was barking up this tree. Man, she was dropping bombs. I'm informing you now. Captain Kangaroo told me to go fuck myself, and Sherry Lewis refused to shake my uh, the hand of uh, my then six-year-old son. Don't make a movie about e- either of these child-hating frauds. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Anytime we can get a little messy. Ah, trade some pain up in this bitch. That's what I'm talking about. Ellen Barkin getting some on Captain Kangaroo and Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop, come get something to eat. Apparently, she was not uh, 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 totally just out of pocket. A woman by the name of Paula DeMarta Mastriani says, I worked with, uh, for Captain Kangaroo in the 60s. I believe you. He wasn't a very nice man. Uh, Marianne, no, listen, this is Twitter, so I don't know how much of this is real, but I'm just going to read you the shit that the AV Club put up here, which is probably the worst thing to do because I'm perpetuating a cycle of misinformation on the internet. Marianne writes, Captain Kangaroo testified against me in a court case when I was four. <laughs> oh, and then a dude named uh, uh, Guffy Nicola said, I met Sherry Lewis once, and I found her to be oddly rude. I don't want to analyze her, but I had the impression that she uh, resented Lamb Chop's success and thought that she wasn't given enough credit. The puppet. The puppet got too much success. Ellen Parker was pissed. She then promised that, indeed, 
she would uh, spill the tea uh, in, in in good time about uh, about both of these frauds. <laughs> oh my god, so good! What a random moment. Every once in a while, Twitter's worthwhile. I know it's destroying society and nobody trusts each other and nobody likes each other and everybody is ratcheted up to such a level of anxiety that only one pinprick on their forehead would leave them a shriveled husk of a balloon because everybody is so wound up so tight. But every once in a while, when Ellen Barkin can unexpectedly nuke Captain Kangaroo and Lamb Chop, Oh, it just makes my heart sing. Ken writes, I watched the episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee and I didn't get the sense that Eddie Murphy was actually returning. He was lamenting that he had lost his, he had let his comedy muscle atrophy. I got the same sense that he was saying, yeah, someday, like how I sometimes say, yeah, someday I'll have a six pack. He also had an amazing anecdote of Sammy Davis Jr. telling him about Satanism. He asked Jerry if he ever got the Mark Twain prize and Jerry quickly, awkwardly said, no, I don't want it. Interesting that they left that in since it's Jerry's show. Anyway, if he actually signed a deal with Netflix, that changes things. I really hope he crushes it. Yeah, Ken. I mean, look, I don't know why you're getting in my face. Like, I'm just reading the reviews. <laughs> or reading the news, rather. It's TMZ that's reporting that he's about to sign the deal. Um, And this has been the problem with, with Murphy. You know, like, he's, he's had the same back and forth with SNL. Like, he let a one-liner from David Spade, keep him away from SNL for decades. That dude, David Spade made a joke on the Hollywood Minute where he showed a picture of Eddie Murphy and said, hey, look, kids, a falling star. And that apparently was enough to piss Eddie Murphy off something fierce for a very long time. And he only came back on like that recent SNL uh, uh, redo like or a reunion. I hope he does it though. It'd be fascinating. Although I'm sure it'll just be like every other fucking reboot or comeback, and it won't be as good. And then I'll be mad, and you know, be sad that I wanted it in the first place, and I wonder why I needed to go to the pet cemetery yet again and bring another thing that is dead that I loved in there, so it could come back worse and grosser. And, you know, sometimes dead is better. RJ writes, last year I started a charity for providing impoverished people with heat during the wintertime. I'm starting on the work for it this year, but I'm in a quandary. The charity needs a logo, and my drawing ability is about a minus four on the stick figure scale. So uh, what I want to know is, what are the ethics of asking artists to provide a logo for charity? I work in TV and film production, and I know how insulting it is when people ask you to work for free or cheap on a profitable enterprise, but I'm a little up in the air on if it's okay to ask artists to work for a very low rate for a nonprofit. RJ, I actually have a couple uh, pieces of advice for you. Number one, if you know somebody that you know cares about this charity and would like to work on it, then I would suggest asking them straight up. Uh, let, let them understand that this is their contribution 
to a good cause. If they believe in it, then they might want to do it. Otherwise, I got two things for you. There's a thing that just keeps getting advertised to me on Instagram called Vector Lab that are all these crazy drag and drop logos where where they already have the fonts with them. You just change the name on it and boom, professional looking logo. If all you need is something that you can just have and own, then that's a great example. Or go to a site called Upwork, upwork upwork.com. This is kind of like 99designs before 99designs got super expensive. Uh, But you can just pitch, say, I need an illustrator for a logo. This is what I'm looking. Half the times the people that are submitting uh, 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 for to get the job, not only will have experience in illustration, they'll give you a mock-up like right there. Uh, and, and that stuff is cheap. I'm talking like sub $100 cheap. Like it is really, 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 really worth it. I mean, and if you, if you've got, you know, 200 to play with, you know, you can get probably two, maybe even three. So check that out. Upwork.com. Citrus wrote in about my, uh, technological disaster. Somebody else wrote in and said, oh, uh, uh, you know, it would be really easy. If, uh, uh, you know, there was a, a apocalypse the way that you were talking about, you would just flood the database with fake text. All right, man, you tell that to your significant other when when there's some shit on there that looks a little bit too real to be fake. But Citrus writes in, since I'm actually listening to the podcast, I will submit that the name for this event should be the Chataclysm. The Chataclysm! Nailed it! In honesty, uh, I would apologize to my mom for sure. My straight-laced Christian mother maybe is totally oblivious of the atheistic, open, polyamorous, bi-curious lifestyle that I lead in my text history would definitely lay all that out on the line. Citrus, thank you. Thank you, my friend. You, sir, stepped up to the plate. The rest of you listening are frauds. You know that you would apologize. You goddamn well know it. I would like to thank our producers, Bill, Dustin, Robert H., Brian, C.M., Trade the Melodica Man, Adam, Middle Age, Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. If you want to email the show, it is jurydaily, that is J-U-R-Y-D-A-I-L-Y at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Justin are young and of course i would like to thank the 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 folks who are in our discord uh you can get that at bit.ly slash jury discord our jury story today came from puck all right that wraps it up today until next time this is your old pal justin robert young saying please give a round of applause to mr wacky but until next time until i talk to you tomorrow Please. No. No. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>